Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show, you're listening live. To Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. Be sure you're not Brent Musburger. <laughs> <laughs> you are looking live. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and we got a great show. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails, today at gmail.com, the website, rayandtaytoday.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes for old episodes, and we got some great ones. And it's just, look, this is what it's all about. It's March. The madness and the mayhem is here. Hashtag Champ Week. We'll get into it. But, of course, NFL free agency and the frenzy, and we'll talk about Manziel. But before we get negative and talk about all this money these cats are making, Tay's got to just give a quick shout-out from the heart. I've got to thank my partner and, and one of my best friends in life, Ray, him and his beautiful wife, Erica, they just hooked us up with a great gift card. Our two-year-old son, Jackson, has been in ICU sick with strep pneumonia for 15 days. And so, you know, we get this great gift card from Ray, and we go to get a meal for our family of seven. And when we're there, Flower Child was this great restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona, 90th and Shea. They, I guess, you know, the manager told the other manager the story, whatever. You know, they they decided to basically give us the meal for free, give hook us up with two brownies, and then say, you know, come back again with the gift card whenever you guys, you know, there can, and, and, and we hope your son feels better. And I got to tell you, when you've got four boys and one's in the hospital, a sick mother, and you and your wife are exhausted after 15 days with no sleep, broken sleep, and just motions going wild, that that was just beautiful and just a blessing from God. So we thank you to Ray and Erica. We thank you to Flower Child and go there. Great food. I mean, just it's a very healthy place. You know, some might say, hey, it's kind of expensive with small portions, but you're getting healthy food. And it's it was just great. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But let's get let's get to the negative. So then we can talk about the positive with the signings. Manziel, Ray. It, it, it's sad. I'm not happy to say this. They finally released him. They're trying to go after some of the bonus money. His publicist released a statement that probably the publicist just wrote himself and not him. Doesn't have an agency. His father don't believe in him. Ray, does Manziel get picked up again this year? And then, you know, will he be suspended four to six games? Or will he probably sit out maybe a year? And do you think a franchise will give this guy a chance? And does he deserve a chance and if, he, if he's unwilling to sort of see his errors and, and mistakes and, and try to really rehab and, and better his life? So with the new NFL, it's not so new anymore. Five, ten years or so of the Roger Goodell you know, discipline era, I don't think people want to deal with the Johnny Menzel. Forget about the distractions in the clubhouse 
and on the field and off the field and in training camp and mini camp and OTAs and everything, Roger Goodell could drop the boom on you, and you don't want your quarterback. You know how disruptive that is to lose your quarterback? Even if he's your backup, but definitely if he's your starter. Having said that, NFL is all about who can help me win. And I actually think that Johnny Manziel can still contribute on the field. So maybe what you said is the best scenario for everybody. So Johnny Manziel, let's say, gets suspended. Let's say Johnny Manziel doesn't get picked up and has to wait out a year. So I don't know how that works with the suspension, right? He probably won't get credit for doing the suspension if he's off of somebody's roster. But maybe it's the best-case scenario where – Johnny Manziel needs an intervention. So maybe Ray and Tate, maybe we need to open up a new branch of Ray and Tate, yeah. the intervention branch, where we talk to these kids because we're older than everybody now at this point. So we can yeah, call we them. Know the, we know the deal, yeah. And we can tell them, look, kid, you are supremely talented. You won a Heisman Trophy. And by the way, the next year your numbers were even better. So you are supremely talented. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. Wait, wait. I got to stop you because I can hear – People like chiming into the airwaves. Wait a minute, you're talking about college, and then the year after that in college, he hasn't done anything in the NFL on the field. That's not true. That's no. not true. Manziel has shown You acting like no, no, you I, look. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not okay. Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. But Johnny Manziel is better than Mark Sanchez. John, potentially, he has the potential to, to wait, make those plays. I mean, Mark Sanchez is more consistent uh, as a backup. Wait, wait. Okay, all right. Now we got a good argument. This is good because you, we just said off air, I don't like the Broncos signing Mark Sanchez. And they lost Manning and Osweiler to the Texans, and we'll talk about that with the signings. But no way am I ready to say that Johnny football is better than Mark Sanchez based on what they've done on the field. I, I, there's no way I can Look, say Look, Sanchez that. has a larger body of work. He's gone to two AFC championships games. I give you that. But I think that Johnny Manziel, maybe I'm still caught up in the moment, but I think that Johnny Manziel can make plays, and Johnny Manziel can actually carry your football team for a, for you know, a couple of drives and win you games. Mark Sanchez is a good caretaker and he's a, you know, a decent backup. So he's number, let's say he's the 40th best quarterback in the NFL, 45th best quarterback in the NFL. Johnny Manziel at times showed some things in Cleveland. Now, a lot of times he made rookie mistakes. A lot of times he played like you would expect a rookie to play. And Lord knows this off the field stuff doesn't do him any favors. And in fact, will alienate two thirds of the coaches. But I'm telling you, I, I want to see this kid fail because of on the field. I don't want to see him fail, but I'm saying if he fails, I want it to be because on the field and not because of off the field nonsense. That that's fair. I just I don't know if the he, the headache right now outweighs the talent by far. I, I can't I can't fight that. I can't fight that. No. I, I know, like no. I said, two thirds of the team won't even give him. Two thirds of the teams in the NFL won't even sniff in his general direction. Well, let's talk about some sniffing because with the salary cap going up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, some brothers is getting paid. Now, free agency, you know, they have their, you know, tampering period. So basically by day one, there's already 15 to 20 signings and it went crazy on Wednesday, 4 p.m. And I got to say the Jaguars had the most money, Giants. 
Browns, Niners, Raiders, you know, top teams with the most money to, to, to sign players. And you have to spend 89% of your cap now, which is a good amount. You got to spend some dough. And Ray, the, we'll start with the Jaguars. I, I can't be mad at what they did in paying Malik Jackson so much money. You could say the Broncos were like, well, we'll pay Derek Wolf a lot less and keep him and let Malik go and not nowhere near the contract. So, yeah, they, Jaguars overpaid. But Gus Bradley, I think he's built himself a pretty darn good defense. Keep in mind, Dante Fowler comes back. They signed Malik Jackson up front. They signed then Prince Amukamara to a one-year deal. Prince Amukamara today, another corner. Then they also um, – Oh, gosh, who was the other uh, line? They got another player that they signed. I'm drawing a blank on the on the Jaguars. But they signed, like, three really good players. And I think, you know, they're not done spending money yet. You know, they were, they were trying to get in on Olivier Vernon. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't do that. But that's okay because the Giants, ladies and gentlemen, broke the bank. They keep Pierre Paul for $10 million one year. They give Olivier Vernon, what, $85, $84 million for six years? I mean, it's just ridiculous money. And the Giants they keep They signed on. Gibson. That's who you were saying. To, oh, uh, yes, yes. Hey, Gibson. Yeah. Hey, Gibson. And Ray, that's, that makes their – you know, they're getting somebody nice on every level. You know, I, I got to give Gus Bradley some credit. You know, look, they probably – they need – oh, and Chris Ivory. See, there we go, Chris Ivory. We're going crazy here. So, overall, I think the Jaguars are definitely – you know, it's only three days in, but most of the major free agents have gone. You could almost say free agency is almost over in three days, which, you know, it's still not. We're still waiting to see what happens with Fitzpatrick and uh, Kaepernick. But to get a, a running back to go with Yeldon, They've got their team. They might, they might have signed an offensive lineman, too. But to get some tough defensive players like that, Jaguars like, hey, they, they, they made their statement, boom. The Giants, Janoris Jenkins, they keep here Paul. They get um, Olivier Vernon. They sign, I think, um, oh, and uh, the kid Harrison from the, the Jets, um, yeah. the defensive tackle. So yeah, They bring Victor Cruz back on a reduced salary, freeing up the money. So when you just look at those two teams and you're seeing how much is being spent, throw in, let's say, the Raiders who, I mean, Ray, you get Bruce Irvin to go with Khalil Mack. You get Sean Smith away from your rivals, AFC West. You get the offensive lineman from the Ravens who they pay big money to. I don't know. He got like 70, 80 million. You know, those type of moves. Plus, you got to give the Dolphins some, some love, right? Mario Williams. They they trade for uh, uh, Kiko Alonso and and Byron Maxwell. Um, right. probably they probably get C.J. Anderson to the offer sheet. Out of those four, we could add in others, but just out of those four, what what really gets you where you could say the team has improved to change their franchise for next year? Like it, playoffs? Like is it? Definite players for Giants or Dolphins or Jets. I don't know. All four of those teams are, are, are in, you know, tough divisions where <laughs> I don't know that, that any of these moves put them over the top. But I will say I like what the Raiders did because they have that young talent on offense. And if you believe in Derek Carr, 
which, you know, people are starting to believe. And he's got those young wide receivers. They could probably use a little more explosiveness at tight end, uh, figure it out at running back. But but they've got time. You figure all of these additions, so specifically, though, uh, Sean Smith and Bruce Irvin on defense. And, again, you know, taking – a team taking a player away from a team in your division that's got the double benefit and yeah, now starter, too. <laughs> yeah San Diego's got question marks Kansas City you know what I, I still believe they were a little bit they did and they re-signed Antonio Gates but they yeah. let Darius Green go so they went for the for the age and the veteran as opposed to the youth um yeah, the goes to Steelers, you yeah. know you got to figure that the <laughs> The Broncos are a question mark, right? They've got the dominant defense, but they lost Malik Jackson in the middle, and and you lose the sheriff on offense. So you and their best linebacker. You can argue their best linebacker, Ray. Um, Danny Trevathan goes to the Bears to go play with. And Trevathan goes right, and Trevathan follows his old coach. Yeah, so so Denver's looking a little shaky. So uh, to me, relative to last year and definitely two years ago, I like where the Oakland Raiders are going. I really do. No, you're so right. And I got to say, I give a lot of credit to Andy Reid and the Chiefs. They didn't sign Sean Smith, but they kept basically all their free agents, except for him and Chase Daniel. They'll probably get maybe an RG3 or somebody as a backup quarterback here, but they kept Derek Johnson, Tom Lee, Eric Berry, Jay Howard. So kudos for them signing, you know, all their defense back pretty much. You got to like that. You know, I guess I want to ask you, for teams that didn't do major moves, do you like the Dolphins? I guess it's kind of major in terms of Miller and Brock Osweiler's putting that money in a guy that went five and two. And then the Falcons, Sanu, Alex Mack, you get a center for Matt Ryan to help Devontae Freeman and Matt Ryan. And then you get a second receiver. So then Leonard Hankerson could go to be number three again. What do you think about um, those two teams? Dolphins and Falcons with their moves. So the Falcons did fine. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, anytime you add a Pro Bowl center to your squad and you add a a pretty decent up-and-coming receiver in Sanu, you're fine. I don't think offense was their problem, though. You know, their problem was on defense. Well, they might find Chris Long. Would you bring him in, the veteran that the Rams released? I like yeah, the right price. Why not? You know, you got to yeah. rotate a lot of defensive linemen these days. So yeah, sure. Um, I just don't know. Remember, I called Atlanta when they were what six and one. I said this team is not for real. And to me, they don't look that much better this year. Um, so they still have to make some moves. And a lot of their guys, you know, you got to look themselves in the mirror because. On offense, for sure, they've got. They did sign the defensive end Ray from the Dolphins too, Derek Shelby, young, pretty, you know, young kid. He's, you know, probably not a, a, a stud, but he's, a, you know, he can help on the defensive end a little bit, the rotation lineman. You know, all right, so, it helps. It helps. And then Miami, you know, the, <laughs> they basically they traded. The it, they rolled they the They dice. traded essentially Lamar Miller for C.J. Anderson, so I think that's an upgrade. Um, even though CJ has been inconsistent this year, you know everybody expected him to do big things. Um, the whole Olivier Vernon thing was 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 kind of interesting. So they decided, and I, I think they restructured Sue's contract, right? So so Sue's not gonna got, not gonna cost them as much this year, frees up some money. Um, so you know Cameron Wayne. 
Yeah, Cameron Wake. So the Dolphins, to me, you know, again, they are they? Pieces, if you think uh, about but are it. they better? But are they better I'm, than wait, wait, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Bills? So even though they made some no. moves, and Mario Williams, I guess the big question is Mario Williams. You know, is he going to be the Mario Williams of, of two, three years, two ago, years ago before ago. Buffalo? Yeah. Or is he going to be the well, Mario he, Williams that went to that? Well, no, remember in Buffalo. two years ago he was the man in Buffalo. He had a great season. It was just last True, year. True, his re- first year. Re- yeah, his first yeah. year. So, so now that's a good he, question. He caught a, he caught a virus and, and couldn't get rid of it. You know? No, no, that that's a, a real good point. Let me ask you this though, with the Texans, right? Because look, they made the playoffs. They got Clowney, merciless J.J. Watt. They they needed a quarterback and a running back. They let go Arian Foster. They have DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Strong, Cecil Shorts, good receivers. You know, you could debate, you know, if they need another tight end. They got some okay tight ends. But to me, I don't know if you put that much money into a guy that's five and two. Granted, when you have faith in Bill O'Brien and your OC and your uh quarterback coach, which they do, and their system of working with coaches, Billy O, as they call him, he feels, I see enough that I can work with Brock. He's got an arm. He's mobile. He's big. He's better than Hoyer, and I got to go for it. His owner said, look, after that playoff game, the owner was like, get me a quarterback, and I don't want one in the draft. So with that and Lamar Miller, do you think this is – make or break for the Texans and or this coaching regime? Yes, I think it might be. Because if you look around them in their division, the Jags are only getting better. I think Andrew Luck, spending some time on the sidelines, being able to look at the game a little bit, because he was thrust right in as a a rookie. But they haven't signed anybody except for Dwayne Allen. Where's the help for this guy? I know, they, they I cut know. Andre but Andre Johnson, and they lost Kobe Fleener to the Saints, which for fantasy football, right? And <laughs> we got to talk about that with free agency, right? Kobe fantasy up football, the middle. Kobe yeah. Fleener with Drew Brees. I like that. <laughs> but but I guess what I'm saying is your division, your AFC South, is not great, but there are some decent teams, right? And there and, and some of them are making moves up and coming. If you ask me, Brock Osweiler and Lamar Miller. Eh, they don't get me over the top. They don't get me excited. So I, I don't know that I've seen enough of Brock Osweiler to think that he's, you know, the man genius and, and that he can lead that team to, to bigger heights than they're going to. So I, I think they're still a 9-7 and seven team. I don't think they do much better than that. I don't think they're a, you know, 10-11 win team. I just don't see it. I, I think Brock Osweiler has a lot to prove. Um and to me, Lamar Miller has been so inconsistent in Miami. You know, there were some games where he ran well, and there's other games. No, where he I don't love him either. Put up I a zero, essentially. No, so I'll I, say this I, if I'm Houston, I'm not that excited. I'm really he not. He still got fresh legs, right? You know, they really didn't give him that. He didn't tote the rock that much. So you gotta, you gotta believe that his best football is ahead of him. Yeah, I, I guess, you know what, and maybe this is just being in love with Arian Foster's <laughs> ability. No, no, because truth. when he's healthy, he, he really, I mean, he's up there with Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy the as as the best running backs. And, and his all-around game 
is unbelievable. And I think it's a step down. I think it's two steps down for Lamar Miller. And I don't know what Brock Osweiler can do. And frankly, you know, luckily for him, salary cap's going up so they can afford him. It it, it doesn't set the franchise back too much. But I don't know. I still have a big question mark when it comes to Brock Osweiler and what he can do. So, to me, Houston hasn't really distanced themselves. They They have more questions than they have answers still. That's fair. But listen, if let's just say the best football is still ahead of Miller and Osweiler with the team that they had last year, and then their receivers only getting better. Why can't they That's still? That's the glasses half full argument. Right? Why can't they still win the division and play and, and, and advance better in the playoffs? You know, they really they really have a shot there. You know, I I can't say that I'm. Look, it's possible. Look, Tennessee, right, right. Jacksonville, uh, you know, and 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 the Colts. They oh. don't scare you. No, so in that Colts, respect, the Colts, you, they definitely don't scare you, the Colts. Because yeah, the offensive in that respect, line you got to say, go for it. Go for it. Why not? I mean, what are you waiting for? So I got to give some credit to Tampa Bay, Ray. Today they signed Brent Grimes, who I thought was one of the best free agents out there. I mean, to me, one of the best corners, a pro bowler, and Tampa gets him to go with Alteron um, uh, Werner. And then you have Robert Ayers, a pass rusher. Yep. So they waited uh, two days, paid a little bit less Keeping money. Keeping Doug they, Martin, of course. And they keep Doug Martin. I mean, quiet as cat. You know, I, I got to say, Tampa did a heck of a job there. So, you know, I think it's nice to see when sometimes teams fill in a little bit what they need. They also do it with the draft, and then they don't overspend, which is what I love about the Packers and Steelers, right? They build from within, they draft well, develop well, and then sign their own players. And when they let somebody go, i.e. Mike Wallace, who now is cut by the Vikings and is a free agent and nobody wants him, the Steelers, they, you know, they basically get away, with, get away from guys at the right time. So I, I, I give them credit there. A couple of free agents that are still out there, I, I got to ask you questions about and your thoughts. Um, where they could go and will they be touched? Greg Hardy, Cowboys aren't signing him. This is supposedly a great pass rusher. Are you surprised that nobody's touching him yet? It's the Roger Goodell factor, just like nobody brought Ray Rice in. Well, no, no, uh, Ray today, Rice can still no play. ahead of him, though, Ray. You know, he doesn't have anything ahead of him. Uh, I guess. I think people. I think very few people looked at him last year. So that means, and you take one of those teams, Dallas, out. That means even fewer teams would consider him now. And I don't know what his salary. I don't know if it's a salary thing because he did sign a big deal in Dallas. He signed what like it was prorated, but it was what like a thirteen, fourteen million dollar deal in Dallas for one year. So I, I don't know. He might have to sit out a year, but you got to figure somebody gets hurt in training camp. Somebody always needs a pass rusher in this league. It's all about quarterback, protecting the quarterback, rushing the quarterback. So Greg Hardy will end up on somebody's team, i got to believe. Okay, now before we get to the quarterbacks and musical chairs, i got two other guys I'm kind of curious about to see what you think. Veterans and one of them injured. Obviously, your boy, you just mentioned him, um, Arian Foster. Some are saying that he probably won't sign to the summer until he's healthy. Where could you see him going, and do you think he'll have to wait till the end of all this to sign? I do. I think he's going to have to get healthy, and somebody's going to have to get hurt. So mm. you need to be very patient 
with an Arian Foster because he runs a certain way. He's kind of a special dude. He's a little ornery. He's a little bit, you know, he, he beats <laughs> to his own drummer, which is fine um, when you're healthy. But the problem is you never get more than eight to ten games out of this guy last four or five years because he can't stay healthy. And, you know, again, quarterback is the most important position in, you know, maybe in all those sports. You have to stay healthy. But running back, you know, you start to build your team around him, and he's a a legitimate three-down back, and then suddenly you don't have him for half the season. It's frustrating. So, you know, I don't know where he goes because it's not even like a – I mean, sure, he he does this sort of downhill, you know, zone-blocking scheme. You let him read. You you let him go outside, and, and he can run up the middle too. But the problem is not so much schematically or even more than that is really your tolerance for an often injured player. So right, the, the risk GM, <laughs> yeah, the GM has to play, you know, risk. In addition to, you know, how does he fit in the offense and and how do we best utilize his talents, you got to sit there and think, do we want to deal with this guy? Because more than likely he's going to miss two, three, four games at least. Yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right on that, and, and that's fair to say. I think he will sign, but it, it will probably be late. And we always see – spring ball or training camp, a back goes down, somebody needs a second back or depth. And listen, if the guy's healthy, we know he's got the talent. So one more running back, and then we got to talk about these quarterbacks. How about Alfred Morris? I mean, I'm surprised, you know, you know. Big Al. They're going young with Matt Jones. But Alfred Morris is still young. He's, what is it, his fourth year? And the guy, what do you have, 13 or 1,600 yards his rookie season? You don't you don't run for that many yards in the NFL and you don't have talent. So where could Alfred sign? Does somebody have some love for Alfred with the Giants maybe or the Raiders to go with uh, Latavius Murray? I mean, somebody's got to sign this cat. You know what? I, I mean, I agree. San Diego. Um, you know who needs a back? I mean, could 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 Big Al go to Dallas? I mean, this guy can play. And more than just a backup, I mean, this guy could start. I really think he he's could definitely he's, start. He's oh, he one of the thirty-two. Yeah, he he's one of the thirty-two Dallas. best running backs in the league. I mean, even if you go by committee, that's fine. Or he could be your number one back. I, I really, you know what? That's one of those where where Ray and Chase investigative arm needs to go down there to to my uh, to uh, Washington and figure out what happened. Did he say something bad to John Gruden? Uh, Jay Gruden, sorry. <laughs> What happened, because usually guys that young don't fall off a cliff that easily. You know what I mean? He was the bee's knees, him and RG3 were the bee's knees. offensive structure, right? Everybody talks about the right system, and I think Jay Gruden switched the system, so then, you know. He can only run in that downhill zone blocking Shanahan system? You know, if you look at it, I guess so. Um Jones looked a lot better than him this year. But then, remember, there was a week and a half where Morris, towards the end of the season, played and then did well. And I know this because I had him in fantasy and dropped him and picked him up. Ah, It's all about fantasy. It's all about fantasy, player. So let's finish up these musical chairs of fantasy because we've got to get the college hoop. The madness is is going crazy. Um, Kaepernick winds up where? 
they're saying Adam Schefter from ESPN was reporting he wants to go to Cleveland. Now, that's refreshing because I don't know that anybody wants to go to Cleveland. <laughs> that's right. he, and he's well, not he even from Jackson. the Midwest. Right. Hugh Jackson will do him right. But everybody has wants. What, what's the reality, though? You know, we talked about this. Denver needs a quarterback. And, and Denver, you know, Mark Sanchez, decent backup. But who's their starter? So I got to believe. And, and Kaepernick – in one way is a reclamation, right? He he wants to get back on track, but he's been to a Super Bowl and, and came very darn close to winning it and, and an NFC championship. So he brings some winning, too. I could see him in – look, Cleveland needs a quarterback. I could see him in Cleveland. I could see him in a few other <laughs> – sorry. I could see him in Denver. I could see him in – where else could he go? I mean, this one is just kind of off – it's between Cleveland and Denver, for sure. Denver, yeah. I so, those three teams for sure. Okay, so then Fitzpatrick, are the Jets saying, look, we'll either get RG3, Kaepernick, Bryce Petty, or Geno. We're not overpaying for, for Fitzy. But Fitzy just had such a great season with them. Do you think that they're making a mistake? I think Fitzpatrick comes back. I think that, that both sides are striking a pose, and both sides will meet somewhere in the middle. And Fitzy is not a $18 million quarterback, but he's also not a, a 10, 11, 12 million. I mean, he's won games. He is the reason. Now, Chris Ivory played very well, and the defense played very well, and Brandon Marshall had a great year. And, and it turns out that, uh, you know, Eric Decker found his, himself a spot as a you know, as a number two receiver, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was the key to the Jets, or maybe, you know, Geno Smith getting his jaw broken. Oh, impossible. Uh, I hate to say that. That's terrible. No, no, that's terrible. That's terrible. But, but, but um, oh. on the field, Ryan Fitzpatrick did about as much as you could expect somebody to do in that offense. Except that last game. Except that last game. You're right. Except that last game where Fitzy, and that's probably what the Jets are saying. You know, at the end of the day, Fitzy Fitzy is Fitzy. And he tries to do too much, and he creates the critical turnover. But I tell you what, the Jets would have been nowhere this year with Geno Smith. So Ryan Fitzpatrick was the reason they were in contention and were playing those last three, four weeks. And remember, they beat the Patriots. They had big wins. So to me, the, Fitzpatrick comes back. I mean, unless they can get a Kaepernick, but but I think Fitzpatrick comes back. They they find some middle ground. So then, in your mind, basically the Browns and Niners are still going to draft quarterbacks. You would say, unless if the Browns get a Kaepernick, do they still draft a quarterback, or they go with Kaepernick and McCown, and then realize we need defense, and they draft Bosa or Bruckner or at number two. Yeah, I'm not sold on these two quarterbacks coming no, out. No, no. Uh, They're getting pushed yes. up. Getting, these guys are all getting overvalued. Now, look, we had the pro days, right? Ohio State, you know, Cardell Jones, they're saying he looked pretty good. Maybe he gets back into the second or third round, um, and maybe somebody gets him as a sleeper and develops the kid. I mean, gosh, last year he might have been a first-rounder, right, after three great games. And they might have six to tie Miami's record, the Hurricanes, Six first-rounders might go from Ohio State and five from Alabama. You were talking about some impressive uh, pro days, Ray. Uh, these teams are just, you know, talent, back-to-back, uh, you know, champions, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's interesting is that, 
you don't think that it's going to stop. It's not like these two teams lose these players and they're like, oh, they're going to set the, the programs back. Alabama and Ohio State will be just fine. They reload. Definitely right. So, listen, we'll all figure it out. We'll be back on Monday. Obviously, it's all going to be mainly college basketball, but we'll probably have some trades and some more signings over the weekend. You know, I'd be interested to see what the Broncos do, the Jets. I got to believe the Niners aren't going to roll with Blaine Gabbert, so maybe we'll have to get that answer with the draft if they go with Goth or Wentz, which I think those guys have potential. So we'll see how it plays out. But uh, I still think there'll be some interesting signings and trades. It'll be it'll be fun. But so far, man, you know, you got to tip your hat. I'll tell you this. The, the real loser to me is the Cleveland Browns because you lose Benjamin – you lose Schwartz, who, by the way, went to Kansas City Chiefs. So you lose your lineman, you lose your center, um, you lose your – You lose Manziel. Which, if yeah. if anything, it tells you that you drafted a guy that, you know, in two years later – a first-round pick is still a first-round pick. You know, those are super I know that first-round picks have panned out in, in, a, in, in a while. So it, there's some issues there. So – and listen, the Moneyball guys, they're kind of sitting on their hands, and it's like, this is not baseball. You got it. You got money. They were like six most in, with uh, cap space. You got to sign guys. I, I don't know what they're doing. And to me, yeah, you weren't a great team, but the guys that left you, they, they were good players. Benjamin is serviceable. <laughs> you had him with Gordon. Alex Mack is one of the best centers in the league. Like, why let that, those guys go? You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm kind of baffled. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Where is Josh Gordon in all this equation? Josh Gordon is waiting to hear from the commissioner. He's, I think, put in the papers to be reinstated. And I think Josh Gordon will be playing NFL football this season. For the Browns? A full 16 games, yes, sir. I okay. think that's what, what you're going to see. And, and guess what? I bet you he comes back and <laughs> is the top 10 receiver again. I mean, that's just how it works, you know? And yeah, hopefully sure. he got hey, his think, life together. I think we have a caller wants to, wants, to, wants to talk to us on the air. Either football or college hoops. Let's see. What's up? Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay? No, no, maybe not. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's get to it, man. Ray, I, I think what's so much fun about this season is that you have – Michigan beating Indiana, you know, the, the Big Ten champion of the regular season's gone. Um, we saw, you know, Duke lose. You're seeing, um, you know, other teams. Illinois pulled off an upset over Iowa. So in the, champ, in, in the tournament champions, conference championships, teams are going for it saying, this is my shot. Now, look, Illinois lost to Purdue today. But I, I like to see some of the smaller teams you know, scrap to try to get in and make that last ditch run. And I think Michigan today has earned themselves a spot in the tournament and the big 10 might get seven or eight teams, right? Is that crazy to you or what? You know, they're good (laughs) and they've been very good all year round and all year long. Uh, I got to tell you, the big 10 looks good. Obviously the big 12, 12, Uh, there are three really good games going on right now. West Virginia, Oklahoma is a heck of a game, right? Kansas Kansas beat Baylor. That just went final. But you got, 
I mean, listen to this. You got Miami UVA playing right now. They basically just tipped off, and Oregon Arizona. So there's some really, really good teams going, uh, good games going on. And by the way, our Carolina Tar Heels put it on Notre Dame. So now it Oof. looks like what looked unlikely, but it's Carolina. Yeah, Carolina and Oof. Virginia. You know, continue to play well. Not only could they be a number one seed, but Virginia might be another number one seed. So you know, depending on Oklahoma, well, Michigan State and Kansas. And Villanova, you got to consider. I think if they all win out. If one of then, them loses, though, ACC okay, could, but, could fly two in there because Xavier's probably not going to be a number one seed, right? They're probably not strong enough. They're close. If they, if they beat Villanova in a championship, they, they, they can't get a number one. They've been number five all year for the last five weeks. So if they beat Villanova, what do you do? Then Villanova drops to two, even though Villanova's been number one three weeks, you know, three, four weeks in a row. So then you're giving Xavier Villanova's number one seed? I don't know. It's fast. Know. Listen, it's a fascinating debate. I'll tell you this. Even though the Tar Heels are ranked seven, I just threw that out there on Twitter a little bit ago. If they play like this, 78 to 47 over Notre Dame, who just put it on Duke in overtime yesterday, Ray, that type of dominance. And when you have Barry and Hicks and, and Page started to shoot and, I mean, and, 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 you know, Johnson and Meeks, all these guys, if they play at their best, no one can beat them, and they will be cutting down the nets. Where, where, where was the championship this year? In Houston? They're in Houston, uh, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. So North Carolina, Ray, if they play like this, Roy Williams could get another title and then and really walk off in the sunset, right? Put the mic down he, like Peyton Manning? Then he bounces? I could, I could see that happening. A lot of injuries, a lot of controversy. You know, maybe uh, some sanctions coming. I, I could see if they win it, and maybe if they don't win it, I could see this being the end for Roy Williams. So maybe the players rally and say, let's do one for Roy, you know? Well, it comes down to Marcus Page. I mean, I think Barry's played as well as, you know, can be expected. Right. But with it's, all right. that it's size, kind of, Johnson and Jackson, it, wow. If they get a consistent Marcus Page as a senior, like a senior should – they they should be the favorite. They should be the favorite to win it all. It's hard to say that though when Izzo's got Valentine and Forbes and these guys playing great. Kansas has got their seniors and they just yeah. Keep but playing if you look great. at the roster, the only thing no. Carolina doesn't do is particularly shoot well, and, and you know shooting so important. Yeah. But they pound you inside. They have size. They have rebounds. They can get out up and down the court. Their secondary break. Carolina, I'm telling you. On paper, Carolina's got as good a chance as anybody, if not the best chance. So I want to talk some seeding with you because I'm kind of fascinated with Indiana losing, I guess, in, in, in the quarters to Michigan, right? They're number 10. Do you think that definitely solidifies them probably as a three seed now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would Indiana think so. had a chance. Had a chance to be a two seed. Yeah, had a chance. Yeah, yeah, but but they're not that. I think you can't a lose. Three. Yeah, you're worse. A worse, they would be a four, but I think they'd be a three seed. Now, Kentucky, if they go ahead and win this SEC title game, they beat Bama. They're starting to really get it together. I mean, that's a big win. What eighty-five to fifty-nine over Bama? Oh yeah, they can put it you, on them. Can you see Kentucky moving up to like a a, a three seed? Uh, I don't know about that. They've been so inconsistent. 
they've been so inconsistent. But they could be the SEC uh, champs. You can't. You don't think the SEC champs get a three seed? Yeah, but who are they playing? I mean, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi State, <laughs> Ole Miss. I mean, the SEC is weak this year. They're definitely they the are, weakest but... of the Power Six conferences. So they'd have to have help. Um, but maybe, maybe they're the last number three in when you do your S curve. Maybe. Okay, I could. But listen, I think they got a shot at it. Now it'll be interesting to see, like you said, UVA Miami winner goes to the finals against Carolina. Now UVA is still in contention for a one seed. At worst, two. Miami, they're interesting because they're sort of like at best they might be able to be a two. And then if well, not, they'd have to beat Virginia and Carolina to me to get. Well, a that's what I'm saying. At best, they could be a two, but they'll probably wind right. up being probably a three, maybe a four. So you know, the seeding is—it's not so important, but then it kind of is when you get into day two, right? When you get into after winning your first game, and then one has to play the eight-nine winner, or you know, the six-eleven has to play the three-fourteen winner. So then those seedings do matter because you're like, wait a minute. I, you know, I'm a four seed. I got to wind up playing this great five seed. And so I ask you that because is Duke going to get a five seed or a six seed after that kind of, you know, early quarterfinal loss? That loss to Notre Dame really hurts them. I mean, I got to look at how the other teams around them end up. But to me, right. they're not a four. They're not a top four seed. They're five or six. Yeah, I think so. But dangerous at that spot, though, right? Of course, that's what we talked about. You know, anytime you can throw a defending champ in there, like a Grayson Allen who's been there, and then you throw Brandon Ingram, and then you got my man, the lefty, who can light it up. I'm telling you, this kid next year, Luke Kennard is going to do big things next year. And then they've got – it's too bad this team doesn't have Emil Jefferson because I really would have liked to see them – better on the boards and better defensively. But they're still a bad matchup. They're a, they could be a tough matchup. How about Gonzaga winning and the making Ziggies. it in the tournament yeah, for, what, the 18th year in a row? 18th straight year, and they didn't leave it to fate. St. Mary's, <laughs> they took care of them, and Mark Few just has that program running. And they got those two big guys, Sabonis' kid. They're – also a tough matchup. They play a... Does Sabonis go pro or he stay four years? No, I think he goes pro. I think you just... He's a top three pick. Um, top Maybe top five. He's one of these guys... Oh, that, I don't think know, he's that high. I don't think you don't think high. so? I think he's late lottery, maybe. I think he's late lottery. I, I don't think he's... It seems like he has been a little quiet this year compared to... Yeah, you're right. The beginning of the year... Everybody yeah. predicted he'd be a first-team All-American and would be, you know, doing big yeah, things. And he didn't have the big disappointing. season. Right, Cats were Did you see out. UConn went to four overtime? <laughs> Ray, and, oh, my god! And they hit that miracle shot in the third overtime to send it to the fourth overtime. And I had flashbacks uh, of UConn Campbell. and Syracuse. Oh, and yes. also yeah. that game with the six overtimes. Yes. And then also, that was the Jerry McNamara-Syracuse yes. And then also, of course, Kemba. Him and yes. Flynn. That was yeah. like at 2 in the morning, I think. I was like <laughs> dying watching that game. No, it's great. And the Big East tournament is great. Uh, look, Seton Hall right now is beating uh, Xavier. I love with these teams, man. They're like, listen, we're trying to make the tournament. I got to ask you this, because I, I was looking at the different regions and, and the different um, conferences. 
So you have um, what I guess in the semifinal you have Arizona against Oregon, and then you have yeah, Cal Utah. right now, yeah. Right, and then you have Cal Utah, and I think yeah. those four teams are pretty dangerous. But I, it's hard for me to really believe that the Pac-12 is going to get five or six teams more potentially than the Big East at ACC. This hasn't been a great year for the Pac-12. Do you think like USC and and um, I guess uh, who's the other team in contention? Not Washington. I, I I forgot who was fifth and sixth, but I don't know. To me, I see four teams. I'm not too in love with anybody else in in the Pac-12. Am I missing somebody? Do you do you think? No, USC- UCLA. You know, in the beginning of the season, was hyped up to be better than they were. They yeah, have kind some of talent, funny. but they faded. You know what? I, I think that that Pac-12 is t- oh Utah. Oh well, we said Utah. Colorado. Right? Colorado's Colorado. on the bubble. But that Pac-12 is top-heavy. I mean, it, it, those four teams are – oh, Cal, oh, Cal, Cal. No, no, Cal. That's what I said. It's Cal and Utah. They play tonight. And then the yeah. other game is Arizona and Oregon. Arizona, but Oregon. That, yeah, yeah. I don't believe in Colorado or, or USC. Like, to me, I don't think those teams are necessarily better than, uh, let's say, a team that everybody says Syracuse is out. They're not necessarily – I don't think they're better than Syracuse. No, you're right. That Pac-12 is is, is top heavy, and or even a Wisconsin, four, Wisconsin or Nebraska in the Big Ten that I've seen this year with some big up, you know upset wins. And my turf is better than Nebraska. Do you have a West Coast? Do you have, are, are you anti-West Coast? Do you have an East Coast bias? No, actually, wait. I'm gonna tell you this. Quiet is kept. Oregon not only should be a number two seed, Oregon might be one of my final four picks. Are you serious? That's how good I think Oregon is. Well, they're they're up on Arizona, but by a bucket. So that's going to be a close game. That's going to go that's a all great the game. way. That's going to go down to the wire. Arizona's sure. a sneaky team this year, Ray. I think they could be like a a fifth seed and kind of be dangerous. Do you know what I mean? Because you know they got some Look, senior leadership there, and your boy yeah, Tar- yeah. If, Tarkuski and Tarzuski. That's your boy, Tarzuski. the big fella. Yeah. Big fella, man to man. So my turps. Right now we're ranked 18. We got to beat Nebraska. If we get to the championship in the Big Ten, oh Lord, here we, we go. Talk to me oh, about come, the turf. Come on, come on. Listen, okay. Best case scenario is what? Are we a four seed? Best case and worst, we're a six. We're ranked 18th, but we're better than 18. Much better yeah, than 18. Let's assume. Let's assume you beat Nebraska, right? Right. So that would be a bad loss if you didn't. But. You'll 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 beat Nebraska. Then I think so we at that point, in the semi. Yeah, at, at that point, the next loss, if you were to have one, isn't a bad loss. You know in what I mean? So you, in the semis or the finals, right? If you were to lose, I don't think that you're, you know, the committee would hold those losses against you. So I got to think right now, you're number eighteen. You're definitely a four seed in my in my book. So, to me, as long as you beat Nebraska, which it looks like you will, it's, you're up 17 at the half, you'll be a four seed. Now, it gets interesting if you were to beat, you know, uh, uh, Mich- well, Michigan plays Purdue, right, tomorrow, and then okay. and you guys are on oh. the other side, or they're on the other side of back, you play Michigan State. Oof. Yeah. So, That's, if you That'd be a big to, win, though. That'd be a huge be. win. Yeah, it would be. So, uh, to me, it comes down to that game. If you beat Michigan State, I mean that skip that bumps you up a bracket for sure. So then I think you become a number three seed. 
Mm. Uh, so I, I, but but it looks like you'll be a three or a four. I don't think you drop to five. Okay, I, you know, I just it's interesting. So let me ask you this: Is Ohio State in the tournament? I got to do my best, Joe Lenardi, but yeah. I think so. I think I so. Do. I think they're in. So I mean, really, what we're saying here is the Big Ten and Big Twelve could have fourteen or fifteen teams combined. That's crazy. That's like they the deserve it. States. Yeah, I know they deserve it though. But that that is some serious because when you have the Pac-12 and SEC with very down seasons, those teams may be only getting three and four. You know, and then you have a couple of upsets. So we're gonna have. Iona and Mammoth in. You're going to have St. Mary's and Gonzaga in. You know? So this is, um, uh, I can't wait. I mean, listen, Monday, we're going to, Ray and Tay, like always, every year we have our selection special. Mainly the whole show is basically the uh, March Madness. We, 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 we do our final fours in our brackets. Um, you know, it, it's just, uh, we, you know, we, we pick our offset specials, who to look for. It's it's going to be a lot of fun, so definitely tune in to that on Monday. You know, it's uh, you know we get you ready even for the for the playing game for the whole sixty eight. <laughs> you know, so that that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm kind of hyped up. I you know I'm looking at different teams this year for like some upset specials. I've seen some lower ranked teams, and I'm like, wow, they play some good basketball. You know. Like, you know, even like the St. Mary's, I like Iona. They're dangerous. They can score. You know, they beat Mammoth, but, you know, they're not a flaky team. They could do something in a tournament, you know? Yeah, I want to see, unfortunately, there aren't going to be that many mid-majors. There's going to be, like you said, a lot of big, the the power six are going to be very deep. Uh, the Pac-12 probably is, is kind of the lightest of those conferences, but the ACC, no, the heavy. East, the Dayton's conference, they got all those teams. That's a heavy conference. They got yeah. some balls in there. What, not the MAC. What is uh, I forgot what that one's called, but is it Atlantic 10? I think it might be Atlantic 10. They, they've got like four or five teams that are going to make the tournament. So, it, you know, that's – it's going to be – there's going to be some basketball. I was looking at them the other night, and I was like, wait a minute. They've got – yeah, here it is. Dayton, St. Bonaventure, VCU, St. Joseph's. St. Joe's, and, yeah. Yeah, St. Joe's and um and and George Washington. Yeah, and then the Atlantic Davidson's is... And Davidson's on the bubble at um nineteen and eleven. So they could potentially get six. How about no, that? I don't you don't think Davidson has a shot? They got a shot? Uh, I don't know. There's so teams. many teams that are taking uh that are taking no, a spot. Yeah, but you know they're playing in Brooklyn, right? They're playing at eight ten at Barclays. <laughs> you gotta like that, baby. Yeah. We know Dane is tough with Arthur Miller, uh, Sean Miller's uh, brother. They're tough. Poor Bobby Hurley. Arizona State was horrible this year. You like to see these new coaches, you know, when they uh, try try to get it together. Is this is this a bad year for ACC basketball, especially with Louisville not being in? Right now, you got Carolina, Miami, Virginia. That's three. Duke is four. Notre Dame is five. Does Virginia Tech get in or no? That would be so. the sixteen. They don't. And nineteen and fourteen, I don't think they get in. So that means ACC only gets five. 
Yeah, but they the might have two number ones that. though. They have a they have a, a, a at worst a one and a two. So now you know if they play in the finals, they're they're definitely one two, if not one one. Like if Carolina beats Virginia, or in maybe a Pitt. Game. Pitt gets in because they beat Syracuse at twenty one and eleven. Yeah, Pitt gets in. I think it was either Pitt or Syracuse, and because Pitt beat Syracuse, I think Pitt gets in. Okay, so then maybe they get six. That 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 makes me feel better. That I makes like you feel a little better. Are you really an ACC fan now? I mean, you're Maryland Terps on the Big Ten. You're Midwest guy now. No, I'm not. Yo, don't. <laughs> you know, we're always going to ride with the Big East and ACC. And by the way, for Big East fans, it's not the same, but still. Villanova and Xavier and Seton Hall should get in. Providence, that's four. And I think Butler gets in at 21 and 10. So that's five teams from the Big East. It's 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 respectable. I don't think Creighton, Marquette, or Georgetown deserve it. So it's only five teams this year from the Big East. But Butler's a good team. If that's your worst team, I think Butler is a good team and should get in at 21 and 10. They've had a couple of decent wins throughout the season. Um, and the Big East teams are kind of dangerous. Chris Dunn is dangerous. Guard play in a tournament, you know. So, yeah, look, especially yeah. upperclassmen in the guard play. So let me ask you this. If you were to pick a sleeper, so somebody in the, you know, I already said four, five seeds or or later could go to the final four. <laughs> I can't wait say, when the brackets come out and you have to find those teams. I can't wait. <laughs> let's say, so let's say your number one seeds are going to be most likely Kansas, Michigan State, maybe Villanova, North Carolina, and Virginia. Five of those teams, of those five teams, four are going to be the final four. Maybe Oklahoma potentially yeah. could slide in there. So of those six teams, those are your four. I don't think Xavier gets in, frankly. Um, so let's say not those teams. So if you were to take those six teams out, so who are the teams you're looking for that you really think can make can make waves? I mean, you said Oregon, right? Oregon is a team to well, look for. Well, Oregon's going to be a top team, so that wouldn't be a team to pick. I'd have to well, go no, a little bit. Well, no, but I'm saying like a, 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 a three, four, five seed. You know, I, I don't okay. really think eight, nine, ten seeds are going well, to make the make the final year, four. All year, I've 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 liked Purdue. Um, you like the size? They're tough. I, I really, I, I think you know this tough conference play. I think it gets you ready. Um, so Purdue's one. I got two teams from the Big 12 that I really like, and I think they're going to make some head, head, headway in, in this tournament. I like Baylor, and, and I like Texas. I think those really? teams, okay. um, I think they both could be five seeds maybe, and Iowa State's tough with George, uh, you know, that great game, Buddy Hill against George Miang, the two seniors. But uh, Baylor and Texas. That was great to see. Two guys who stayed for four years, unheralded guys coming in, and they put up 70 together. That's a great story. You can't, you just can't beat that, man. So I would say look out for them. Um, one, one other team that I think, you know, I, I, I don't know. I've seen them play a, a couple of times, and I think this year, um, Dayton, Dayton's not bad. I think Dayton's not bad. Um, I'm trying to think, there was another team. <laughs> Watch out for Stony Brook. They might win a game. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really could see Purdue. Um, 
And I can see if Pro- see the problem with Providence, they only have two go to guys. And Chris Dunn, too many times I've seen him have games where he's like three for fifteen. And so that kind of scares me because if he's off, the team can't do anything. But if Chris Dunn is rolling and you know the tournament, you need at least two scores and you need good guard play, they they they're they're a tough team. You know what I mean? I would have picked Louisville. I think Louisville could have gone very far in this tournament. And I like Zach August and Notre Dame. Bad loss to Carolina. But if they had the right region and the right uh, matchups, Demetrius Jackson and Zach August are tournament tough. Bray's a great coach. And your boy Zach August at any game could drop 20 and 20. I hear you. I hear you. Um Watch out also for Kentucky. You know, how's that youth oh, going to yeah. show up? I'm thinking they're a little bit better. They might be a three seed to me. But, yeah, I love Kentucky. You yeah. listen. Cal with the two freshmen. You know oh, how's yeah. Cal going to do? they Jaylen got a big Brown, game against right? Utah tonight. Yeah, Jalen Brown, him. you know, freshman phenom. Um, so we've got quite a few teams to keep our eye on. The, the thing is, there are so many teams with interesting stories. I guess it's like this every year, but – I look at these games and I'm thinking Thursday and Friday. I can't wait. These are going to oh, be, some be crazy. fantastic first there's, and second round games. There's no game that you want to miss because I don't think there's going to be crazy blowouts this year. Do you know what I mean? Like there'll be a few, but there's not going to be many. You're going to see some three fourteen matchups, Ray, that are going to go down to the buzzer. I mean, you do every year anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, so hey, real so your, quick, your Saturday Sunday games. Oh. are going to be, I mean, those second-round games, and thank goodness we're calling them second-round games. And yeah. I was confused with that, like yeah. the first four in was the first round. No, it's the first round is Thursday and Friday. That's it. Let's, let's keep it real. Day. Now, <laughs> listen, let's keep real. listen, we got so much going on and coming up with college hoops that this is the time that everybody forgets about the NBA. So before we leave and sort of forget about the NBA for two and a half weeks, just, you know, look, in the East, it's Cleveland, Toronto, Boston, Miami, right? And Charlotte has been making a heck of a run. They're now the fifth seed. And, you know, you're looking at Chicago and Washington. They might not make the playoffs. But then in the West, Portland's been making this run, and they've moved all the way up to the sixth seed, Ray. And the Grizzlies have been playing good ball at five. We know what the Warriors are still doing with their 57 and, and, and six. Spurs are 55 and 10. So when we turn the NBA back on in two and a half, three weeks, two questions for you. Is Dallas, they're looking like they're fading. Are they going to fall out of the seventh seed and maybe out of the playoffs, or can they hold on to it? Same with Houston. Will Utah, you know, push, push them for that? And then, you know, will the Warriors continue to hold on to their streak, or will they lose any games? When we, will they lose one game? So what are your thoughts about those two? And then I want to ask you a question about so the I think East. the Warriors lose a couple of games. I, I think that this is when they start to fade a little bit, and okay. they don't hit 72 and 10. That, that's my prediction. So by April prediction. 1st, they'll have eight losses or nine losses? By April 1st, that means that they're going to – I'll say eight. Okay, I'll so say they lose twice more by April 1st. And okay. I think Dallas – Stays in the playoffs. I think the playoffs is is what it is now. In what it is so, now. so they, they might move because Portland, yeah. Dallas, and Houston are all separated by all a right. game and a half. But I don't think Utah three losses behind three in the yeah, loss column. 
behind Dallas and Houston. I don't think they have consistency. I like that young roster. I like their size. I like Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors. I like, um, you know, my man Brandon Hayward. I mean, um, Gordon Hayward. But that's a team for next year. I, I think this year, Houston, Dallas, Portland, and Memphis bringing up the bottom half of the Western Conference, I think those four pretty much are, are, are safe. And okay. the only things that might happen is six, seven, eight. Memphis, you know, with Gasol, they have to re, they kind of have to reinvent. I like the new the team, playoffs. though. I like yeah. the way they're playing. They got a bunch of bulldogs and defense. I love it. They're actually fun now. Now, real quick, though, Kemba Walker is on ridiculous fire, and so are the Charlotte Hornets. Do they move up to four or do they stay at five? And if Chris Bosch was getting healthy returns, do the Heat actually have a chance at, you know, being a team that could still make it to the Eastern Conference Finals to battle the, the, the Cavs? Yeah, well, the only problem is the Heat, if they stay in that 4-5 slot, they'll have to play Cleveland, you know, in the round before. So, They'll, well, I think they're only what they're only a game and a half behind Boston, so they could they could always catch them for the three seed. Yes, however, it it would require Bosch coming back, Bosch coming back healthy and yeah. giving you an impact pretty immediately. I mean, I look at that Boston roster, and if you tell me you think they can get caught, I'm very. Wait a you I you want to sell in your jersey? You, you, oh you, you're down with Avery Bradley and Marcus I was Smart. down with Avery Bradley, even in Texas. Hey, I thought he was a heck of a what player. Did I, I told you, I must admit, or I said you're not ready, or I must admit that the Boston Celtics are going to the Eastern Conference Finals, baby. I stick by that. Real quick, do the Bulls and Wizards miss the playoffs? One of them does, um, unless you think Detroit slides in there. But I think Indiana's right. good. I think between Chicago, Detroit, Washington – Two of those teams are out. Yeah, that's what's so, crazy. I have a sneaky, sneaky suspicion that the Wizards are going to pull it together and snatch that final spot. You better hurry up. Yeah, they, they all need to hurry up. At 30 and 33, they better hurry up. Yep, yep. Time's running yep. out. 63 games. You only have 19 more games. All right, listen. Look, fun show. It's all about the madness, y'all. Stay tuned. This is going to be Selection Sunday, CBS Network, Channel 2, wherever you add. Some places it's 5 or 12 or whatever it is. But CBS, 6 p.m. Eastern, the brackets will be announced. Get ready. We'll have our bracket challenge that we do every year with ESPN. So we'll shoot that out and tweet it out. You can join and pick with us. We'll do our picks on the show. Just, you know, a lot of places where you could pick with us and have fun. So, um, hey, like always, have a great sports weekend. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Monday. We're out. Have a great sports weekend. Hey. Let's go, Madison.